Yirmiyahu chapter 35. Hadavar asher hayel Yirmiyahu me'et Hashem bimei Yehoyakim ben Yoshiahu melech Yehuda. Lemar. So this is a prophecy that takes place in the days of Yehoyakim. And the command to Yirmiyahu, Haloch el-beit ha-rechavim, v'dibarta otam, v'avei otam beit Hashem, elachat ha-shochot, v'shkita otam yayin. Go to the house of the Rechavim, go to the Rechabites, speak to them. Bring them into God's house, one of the offices there, chambers, and give them wine to drink. So Yirmiyahu says, strange command, that I took various people, Gazanya ben Yirmiyahu ben Chavatzinya, Etechav, Kobanav, Kobeta Rechavim, I took these leaders, apparently of the Rechabites, and the whole house of Rechavites, I brought them into the office chamber, So he brings them into one of the chambers, chambers of the sons of Hanan, son of Igdalia, a man of God, next to the chamber of the officials, Above the chamber of Masiyah, son of Shalom, the guardian of the threshold, Shomer Hasaf. And Yirmiyot says, mm-hmm. I brought before them the house of the Rechavites, the people of the Rechavites. I sent full bowls of wine and cups. And I said to them, Yayin, have some wine to drink. Very friendly. They said, we will not drink wine. We don't drink wine. Because our father, the paternal head of the family, said, you will not drink any wine, you and your children, forever. So they said, we don't drink wine because we are commanded by Yonadav, the head of the Rechavites, not to drink any wine. Not only not to drink wine, he commanded them as well in verse number 7 not to build a house, not to sow a field, not to plant a vineyard, and not to own one either. In order that you live for many years in the place, the face of the earth, in which you dwell. And we have obeyed what Yonadav, our father, said. Everything he commanded us. So we obey what our father told us to do. No wine, no houses, no vineyards, no fields. We dwell in tents. As our father Yonadav commanded us, and in verse number 11, when the Buchanetzar, the king of Bavo, came to the land, by number we said, Let's go to Jerusalem. Because of the army of the Babylonians, Aram and the Arameans, Banesha Birushalayim. So this is the story of the Rechavites.
So the Rechabites are what we would call, they're known as Nazirim. And the Nazir in the Torah is one who has certain prohibitions. It's not permitted to drink wine during the period of the vow. And not allowed to come in contact with the dead. And not allowed to cut one's hair. That's what we know of the Nazir. Shimshon was a Nazir, he couldn't cut his hair, etc. In the Torah, Nazirut is something you take on for certain periods of time. Then you go back and become a regular person, as it were. And I would say that in the description of the Nazir in the Mishnah, it's very similar. The Nazir is a person, typical Nazir is a person, who's a regular standard Jew, but she or he may take on some additional restrictions. And that's a Nazir. But the way the Mishnah formulates it, fundamentally the Nazir is like a, a regular person with more restrictions. Perhaps the desire is to be holy, as Nachmanides explained. But fundamentally, from the Mishnah standpoint, it's not really that different from anybody else. Now, when you look at the Nazir personality, and especially in the case of the Rechabites, certainly in the case of Shimshon, and I would say Joseph is a Nazir personality. He's called a Nazir twice in the Torah. It's not about the specific restrictions, but it's about being separate. Samson is the ultimate separate Jew. In fact, he barely a Jew. He lives amongst the Philistines, intermingles with the Philistines, fights his own personal vendettas against the Philistines. So the Nazir is a different cast to it. A Nazir means the one who is separate. And in the case of the Rechabites, what's interesting is, in particular, they are separate, they don't drink wine, and they apparently don't ever drink wine. They are commanded for their entire lives to be essentially Nazirim. Here the word Nazir is not used, but clearly that's the sense over here. And what's even more interesting is that the not drinking wine, because fundamentally wine is, is a social drink. You drink with other people, and it has a social side to it. And over here, it's more than not drinking wine. It's not building houses. It's not settling. It's not planting, it's not sowing, it's not settling. So the Nazir, the Rechabites, kind of Nazirim, they are living completely separate. Now the point of the chapter, when God instructs Yemio, is to tell the Jewish people, look, look at these Rechabites. Their father gave them a command, and everybody is listening to the command of their tradition, of their father in this case, Yonadav. And I command you, I, God, command you over and over again, and I send my prophets to warn you. In verse 15, Early and, and often, mend your ways, mend your ways, and you don't listen to me. But the Rechabites, can't you take a lesson from the Rechabites? Learn from the Rechabites. So I was thinking, of course, the immediate message is that they follow their traditions. They are loyal to the tradition. It's just a human being who commanded them, their father, and you are disloyal to me. But I think in this chapter, there is another message as well. It has to do with exile, or living in the land. The Rechavites in this chapter do not drink wine. They also don't build houses. And they don't plant. And they don't sow. And the point is, it's extreme, but the Rechavites 
see themselves, they live in the land. They don't leave the land. But they, their relationship to the land is one, I would say, of what the Torah calls Gerim V'toshavim, strangers and sojourners with me. The Torah made the point more than once that although the Torah does not say that you don't, you don't plant vineyards and you don't have houses, quite the opposite. In the book of Zvarim, and maybe there's an allusion here to Deuteronomy, there's so many allusions, two of the exemptions from war, someone who got married but didn't uh, consummate the marriage, he's engaged, not yet quite married, planted a vineyard or has a house a new house, a new vineyard, he's allowed to go back to live in the house and to dedicate the vineyard. The book of Devarim talks about vineyards and had houses. But from a conceptual standpoint, the Torah has said more than once, you have to understand that in some ultimate sense, it's not really yours. If you understand that it's not really yours, says the Torah, then you can live in the land and it's your land. Eretz Achuzatchem, the land of your possession, says the Torah. But that comes with an understanding that in the ultimate sense it's God's land. Does it really belong to you? The Rechabites live that out. The Rechabites understand that in some deep way they can't fully settle in the land because according to their thinking, it's not fully mine. And paradoxically, the Rechabites are given the promise that because they're loyal to their traditions, and that's the end of chapter 35. Thus says the God of Israel. Because you obeyed the command of your father. Because you are loyal to the commandment. Therefore, thus says the God of Israel. There shall never cease to be a man of the line of Yonadav standing before me. In other words, one might say that because you obey the command, that is to say, because you understand your relationship to the place, then God promises you'll have a place. And conversely, in chapter 36, those who refuse to understand their relationship to the place will be banished, will be exiled, from the place. So that's the message here in chapter 36 that we can take from the Rechavim, and that is a true understanding of our relationship to this world. In the Torah, we live in this world. We have houses, we have vineyards. But the relationship should be one which draws upon the thinking of the Rechavites, and that is that in the ultimate sense, it's not really ours.